Welcome to episode 28 of the Triathlete Hour. We've got a quick show for you today with Sky Monch, but first, I want to remind everyone you have four more days to register for Hawaii from home. Now, if you're missing races, well, we're all missing races, and we're missing being on the big island with all of you right now. That's why we're putting on Hawaii from home. Seven days to do the full 140.6 miles, 2.4 swimming, 112 biking, and then run a full marathon. You have the whole race week from October 5th to 11th to complete the distances. Do it all at once or break it up, whatever you want. We have swag, daily raffle prizes, tips from coaches like Dave Scott, and a grand prize. Everyone who finishes will be entered to win a new Argon 18 TT bike. Now, you don't want to miss all of that, so don't forget to sign up by this Sunday at triathlete.com backslash Hawaii from home. Now, since we're talking about organizing your own races, Sky Monch helped put together the first pro race back in the U.S. last week. Pro fields have become a bit of a DIY affair lately, with pros self-organizing and the PTO backing with prize money. We have a story up on our site right now about all that, and we'll include it in the show notes. But Sky fit putting this event on in between everything else she has going on these days. She gave up being an accountant back when she was still an age group athlete because she believed that she could be great. And last year, she finally won her first major title, the Ironman European Championships. And she was set to debut at Kona. And then three weeks before the race, out on a training ride, she came to on the side of the road with no idea what had happened or how she got there. She tells us all about her recovery, why she always believed in herself, and how she did some serious self-evaluation to go from pretty good to as good as she knew she could be. That conversation after this break. Even though most of us aren't racing right now, we're all still focused on our overall health and well-being. That's where MitoQ comes in. Like everything else in our body, our mitochondria become less efficient as we age. From the age of 30 on, levels of CoQ10 in the mitochondria can decline by 10% with each passing decade. This means our body's natural resilience also declines, which can impact our training, recovery, immunity, digestion, sleep, stress, hormones, and brain power. This is why a new supplement called MitoQ is becoming increasingly popular among athletes. It helps the body to better absorb intense training periods and recover faster. Some athletes have even noted improved VO2 max, heart rate variability, and lactate thresholds. When you combine those things with not needing as long to recover and being able to maintain more intense training cycles, you can see why it might result in performance gains. To learn more about MitoQ's unique formula, independent clinical trials, and athlete testimonials, visit www.mitoq.com. That's M-I-T-O-Q.com. All right, this week we're talking to Sky Monch, uh, who is the last year's Ironman European uh, champion, recent you know race director of the Bear Lake Brawl. So tell us about that, Sky. You ended up organizing like this ad hoc pro race in Idaho. How did that happen? Yeah. So, I mean, full credit goes to Nick Chase. He's a male pro who lives and trains in St. George, Utah. Um, we kind of connected actually through the Zwift series earlier this year. Um, he runs a podcast as well. And, um, you know, he just, he pinged me one day. He's like, Hey, I emailed the PTO to see if they'd support Bear Lake Brawl. And the Bear Lake Brawl is a race. Um, it's like in Utah and Idaho, the lake actually straddles uh, okay. both states. I thought I just kept um, getting confused which state it was in, but it actually no, was in both. No, <laughs> it literally was in both. So um, anyway, he messaged me that and I'm like, hey, that could actually be really fun. Um, 
And it's so funny because like I knew that race was going on, but I could not get myself excited to do it. Like I hadn't told my coach there was a race that was in like driving distance that I could go do just for fun. Like I just wasn't in, it's been tough this year. Like I wasn't motivated to just go do like some race to race. Um, but then when there's like prize money and pros there, I was like so pumped. So anyway, uh, when Nick reached out to me, I then also reached out to the PTO. I serve on the board of the PTO, the athlete board. And I was just like, Hey, there's, I think this could be a good opportunity. And I'm totally, you know, I'm totally willing to drive this thing. And Nick and I together drove it and it was a lot of work. Like, um, I don't know if it's our A type personalities wanting to make everything like perfect, but yeah, I spent hours and hours like organizing and communicating and whatever else just to try and make it the best <clears throat> that I could make it without actually being in charge of the entire event. So, right. Yeah. It's like, it's this weird situation where these like local small races are happening and then some pro yeah. will like spearhead kind of getting a pro field there, getting prize money, but getting a pro yeah. field is very it's like texting and word of mouth right now. It's like very last. It's like, Hey, do you want to come to a race next weekend? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, like because the PTO is sponsoring it, like we can send an email to like oh, okay. all of the, the pros in the PTO database essentially, but you don't have to be a PTO member to do these PTO sponsored mm -hmm. races this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, there were, I don't know how many, but several athletes at the bear Lake brawl who aren't PTO members, but through word of mouth, like you said, um, you know, they hear about it. So yeah. yeah. And it's been almost a year since you raced, right? So what was it like to get to do a race? Yeah, it's been over a year. My last race was Santa Cruz 70.3 um, last year, which is beginning of September. So it's funny because I don't know, obviously in any typical year I race so much, it's like second right. nature. Um, you know, I don't even have to think twice about what I need to pack or, you know, is everything, it's just programmed in me and I do it so much. So doing it again, it actually felt kind of nice. It felt very familiar. And then, yeah, I was excited just to go hard in real life. I've done a lot of virtual racing this mm -hmm. year. And, um, while that was a good challenge, you know, it just can't quite replace the real life thing. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. It's for all of us this year has been so isolating. I've hardly seen anyone in the sport, um, in real life. So I just seeing people alone, like other pros and, you know, feeling like a pro athlete again, was <laughs> a super cool feeling. And then, yeah, to go out and push hard and in crazy conditions, like what more could you ask for? So, right. I mean, do you feel like, uh, do you still feel like a pro this year since you're, it's one of those weird things. You haven't had any triathlons to do. Do you still feel like a pro triathlete? <laughs> yeah. It's really, really strange. You know, for me specifically in my situation, like I feel like last year was a fantastic year, even though it got cut a little short and, you know, trying to like hustle and get sponsors and things. I was totally into that. But then this year when there's no races, it's just kind of like, what do you do? Right. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, um, Hey brand, do you want to work with me? Even though like I have no recent results and you're just going to have to trust that I'm still going to be good when racing actually does, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that aspect's been really weird. Um, so yeah, do I feel like a pro athlete? Yeah. I mean, I still consider it, uh, my job, but obviously it's not actively making money for me <laughs> this year. Um, I mean, fortunately the PTO paid out their bonus right. earlier this year and I did get a pretty good sum from that, like that I'm very grateful for. But yeah, for me personally, if I'm not actively 
bringing in income, it's hard for me to feel like super engaged with what I'm doing. So I don't know. That's just kind of how I'm programmed. Right. I mean, yeah, I think I think we're all sort of like in this place right now where we're like, if there are no triathlons, am I still a triathlete? Like what's happening? I I know. It's weird. Like I'm even though I still train every day, it's just like I don't feel productive being a triathlete, but yeah, I'm still putting in the training and you know, we all just cross our fingers that some races are gonna happen. Um, which was the cool part about this bear leg brawl. Right. Is like taking control because literally we've sat all year just watching like the Ironman calendar just one after the other, cancel, cancel, canceled. Um, so this one, it was, it's just like an opportunity for pros to take control of, I guess, our destiny. Uh, That's kind of cheesy, but I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to feel relevant if you're not racing. You know, how many, how many training pictures can you put up before people are like, okay. Solo, socially distanced oh. training pictures. <laughs> I know. So yeah, it's a weird year. But, for sure. You know. I mean, it's gotta be super weird for you. You kind of mentioned it, but obviously last year you had like this really big year. You kind of like almost surprised ended up winning the European championships, had a spot yep. to Kona. And then you had that crazy crash. Like what was it? Three weeks Two. it was like right before Kona. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny looking back now, it was a year yesterday. Um, I posted about it, but, um, Looking back now, it kind of stings a little more that I didn't get to go to Kona because this year didn't happen. And right. so much, I stayed so positive and so driven during my recovery. And I just, I use things like, okay, I want to be able to race really well when the season starts because I want to qualify for Kona because I'm going to go to Kona in 2020 <laughs> for once and for all because I didn't get to go. So then to have everything just kind of fall apart this year. I just think of what could have been. I mean, I, I don't focus on it, but well, I have good. my moments. <laughs> I have my moments where I think, oh man, it would have been nice to be able to like savor that because I thought about, you know, I usually go to Switzerland in the summer and this summer I was, you know, obviously sad not to go there, but I just thought of the good memories I had there to kind of like get me through. So anyway, it, yeah, it's the crash thing to me, I felt back to normal post crash like around April I was prepared to race and everything when everything fell apart so to me it's kind of like the crash kind of case was closed earlier this year because I was going to race mm-hmm. but then now COVID's like a new case and right. we're all dealing with that you know right I mean I guess if you really don't know so your crash was like a year ago I think you probably I mean it was crazy you like what came to you on the side of the road you like don't even do you know what happened now because you didn't know what happened at the time no I have no memory like I guess I hit my head so hard and it's, this is, this I do think about, and I was talking to my husband about it the other day. I don't remember what happened and I can't say for certain what happened, but what freaks me out is that like somewhere in my brain, I experienced it, right? right. Like there's a part of me that I can't access that experienced this. And I just wonder how terrified I was like going down. I don't know. So I don't know how the brain works, but I just imagine it's like in there somewhere. I just can't get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's crazy. Because you like came to the side yeah. of the road and like some guy found you and it like drove you in his yes. truck, right? Like, and this was just yes. a training so, ride. This wasn't like a race or anything. No, this is a training ride. And it was, I was at the end, like literally I couldn't have been closer to home. I was in a canyon, like the closest canyon to my house. I just rode up there today. Um, so yeah, I was on the side of the road sitting, I'd sat up and this man had finished a hike and he's driving down and he's like, okay, something's not right. Like, you don't just sit in the middle of the road with your bike over there. So 
Yeah, he came and apparently assessed the situation and an, another cyclist came up and, you know, they wanted to make sure that I wasn't, you know, I didn't have like a spinal cord or neck injury and they were making it worse, but they kind of assessed the situation and thought, okay, no, the best thing to do is to load this girl up and get her to the hospital. Okay. There's a hospital just really close to me as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I clearly had sat myself up and I told him, I guess I'm like, I think I broke my collarbone. So apparently I knew what that felt like. Um, <laughs> even though I've never broken that before. So yeah, I mean, so much gratitude for that man for taking me down. Um, and the other thing about where I crashed is there's no cell phone service. The right. entire Canyon, there's no cell phone service. So had they like left me and then, you know, driven down, called an ambulance, then the ambulance has to come, you know, so it was totally the right call to have them just, oh, yeah. just, just take me down. That's crazy. I blood all over a truck, the oh. poor guy. Oh my God. Yeah. That's insane. And how you said you felt like back to normal in April. So that's still like, I mean, it's like seven months. Like how long was that recovery? Yeah. I mean, so I had surgery. I had a metal plate and screws put in my elbow. And then I had a bunch of pins put in my thumb. And so that was like a solid six, seven weeks where everything was just pretty, just, I couldn't move it. <laughs> you know, like it just, it just, that's just how it was. And I was pretty cautious. Um, I didn't want to mess up my elbow. I didn't want to like stress it too much or move it too much. Um, and, you know, ruin the process of healing. But right. it's funny, like in hindsight, I kind of wish I would have moved it more because I didn't realize, like I've never broken bones before. I didn't realize how painful it is to try and get movement back in your limbs huh. when you haven't moved them for six or seven weeks. And then that was like pretty shocking. Okay. Um, so yeah, the recovery, like I started physical therapy at the end of October, which was very slow because I had to get all the motion back in my thumb and I had to get all the motion back in my arm. Like it was literally bent at 90 degrees. <laughs> I couldn't, I'm not kidding you. Like maybe like, I don't even know how many degrees, but it was ugly. Like it was just stuck there. So yeah, surgery was October 1st, started physical therapy end of October. And then I just rehabbed so hard November, December. Um, but yeah, like I got swimming again in November, but it was so incredibly painful. Like to do the first 25 yards I swam took me 30 seconds. Like, which <laughs> I like, like, okay, so some of our listeners, that's not that slow, but like, it's pretty slow for you. <laughs> That's pretty slow. Like for when, when you're, you, people yeah. can appreciate that for someone who's trying to be an elite level pro that a 30 second yard uh, or a 30 second, 25 yard isn't going to cut it. So yeah. that was pretty humbling. Like I remember getting out of the pool and writing in training peaks to my coach, like, okay, well there's the baseline. Like <laughs> we can only go up. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then I had surgery again in January to get the metal plate out of my elbow mm. So, um, yeah, once the metal plate came out of my elbow, we got really aggressive with therapy. Um, you know, things were really healed up at that point. And yeah, I got back into full on training by end of January and like February just felt like a normal, really intense month of training because, um, like we were planning to race mm -hmm. Oceanside. Like I was planning to race Oceanside. Um, Did you have a hard time with the mental aspect of it? Because I feel like, I mean, people I know have had bad crashes. Like yes. that's really tricky. Okay. So the mental thing's really interesting. I, I don't know if it's because I don't remember any of it. Like I don't know what to be afraid of. But um, 
I, I really had no anxiety thinking about getting back on my bike. And maybe part of it is because I couldn't, like I was in Salt Lake city winter, like right. nobody, I'm not riding my bike out. The first possible time for me to ride my bike outside was March at some point, like end of March. So I don't know. The first time I got out on my bike, it felt totally natural. And like, I didn't have anxiety, but I will say going down Canyon. So, so where I live, it's just like all up or down pretty much. So going down canyons, I had this like subconscious anxiety that I didn't feel like I brought on myself. It's just like my body and my brain knew. And I rode my brakes pretty hard for a while. Right. Um, just cause I was like, um, yeah, that pavement doesn't feel good. I do remember what that feels like, like the bruising and the broken bones. Like anyway, I rode the brakes pretty hard, but yeah, like mentally, I, I don't think I've struggled too bad with getting back on the bike. Oh, that's good. But certainly I've had to intentionally like descend better <laughs> after this. <laughs> like I've had to loosen up and, you know, l- let off the brakes a little bit. So. Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad you're, you know, I'm glad you're like feeling better. I was so like yeah, when the you. Instagram post last year, I was like, holy, freaked me out. It sounded crazy. So it, it was crazy. I mean, I still can't believe it happened. And I spent so many days just lying in bed being like, is this real? Like, how is this my life right now? It was so crazy. But yeah, I'm so grateful to be back and feeling good and normal. And I'm just grateful that nothing caused like permanent damage that prevented, that would have prevented me from getting back to where I was before. So yeah. yeah. Cause, Cause you were like, you were, had made some big progress last year. Like you were in a pretty good place before the crash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very great. Best shape of my life. So yeah, it was, it was pretty devastating, but it's, it was kind of fun to get back into it, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Um, you know, and, and I was honestly surprised at how quickly I feel like I just kind of bounced back. So, right. yeah. Many of us have heard of supplementing our training with CoQ10 for energy and recovery. Well, MitoQ is a unique form of CoQ10 specially engineered to get inside the mitochondria to help create cellular energy and neutralize free radicals. It helps improve recovery, immunity, digestion, sleep, and stress, all of which will help you train better and be healthier. To learn more about the unique formula of MitoQ, independent clinical trials, and athlete testimonials, visit www.mitoq.com. That's M-I-T-O-Q.com. So last year, you did make, obviously, let's talk about, like, you made some pretty big breakthroughs. I, I mean, we mentioned, like, the the Ironman European Championships, were ki- which were kind of crazy because those were the ones that like Sarah True passed out like 600 yes. yards before and then you like went like ended up winning and which yeah. like is sort of weird. Like I feel like that'd be a weird situation to take like my first big, big win. It, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, it probably, I appreciate you saying that because it was probably weirder being in Frankfurt because I'm like, that's where everything was happening, you know, right. versus like what the outsiders could see and hear what was going on. But yeah, it was it was a weird thing. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, right? Wh- whoever crosses the finish line first wins, and it's not like it's not like Sarah did anything on purpose. It's not like I did anything on purpose. I had no idea what was going on. Right. Like I had no idea. I couldn't see, or I didn't see her even when I passed her. You know, I think she was in a medical tent. So anyway, yeah, it, it was kind of weird. But at the same time. Um, that those things happen in Ironman racing, right. you know. Like, certainly, it's not the first story of no the, a freak um, <laughs> finish or not finish. Right, so, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that was like, I mean, uh, I say it was your first big, or you've won plenty of things before that, but that was obviously like kind of a bigger level because we're talking about like the regional championships. Yeah. Did it feel last year like you kind of had a break, like you were breaking through? Yeah, I mean, I would say 2018 Mm -hmm. is when I really started feeling like I was breaking through because that's when I got on a couple podiums. Like I was doing, I was placing better. Mm -hmm. Like prior to that, I was pretty consistently like, fifth through eighth place right, in most races right. and then 2018 it was like okay now I'm like second through fourth so last year I was it's funny like I thought about this I think only five or like I can list on one hand maybe six fingers how many women beat me last year and like they're world champions or olympians right. kind of athletes and then some of them I beat later in the year but, um so anyway yeah, it was a big year, right? Like I was either first or second, or I think my worst placing was fourth at St. George 70.3. Which that so. race was crazy. Like in all fairness, I, that was one of those ones where like it was really, really deep, really, really competitive. It's, it was so competitive, but that was so fun. Like I swear, like Holly was out front, yeah. but then like Paula, Heather, me, Jackie, we were all like, like I think Heather was 20 seconds ahead of me. Jackie was 20 seconds behind me. It was so close. Like that 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 racing's fun so yeah. okay yeah yeah so what do you think because obviously i think a lot of people i mean okay like i'm saying like people like this is a personal issue too get stuck in like the fifth to eighth and then they don't you know yeah. and you're like this is how good i am what do you think you did to change to go from fifth to eighth to second to fourth to like first to third right like how'd you make that transition yeah um well i think a few things um honest self-assessment was one <laughs> you know like I think end of 2017, maybe middle of 2017, I was pretty frustrated. Like I wasn't doing as well as I knew I could be. I mean, I quit my good accounting job. Like I, I gave up a lot because I thought I could be good. So I wasn't satisfied with where I was and I just knew I could be better. So, you know, I started looking personally like, okay, personally, what can I control? And I'm like, okay, I can control my nutrition and my diet and things like that. Um, and my sleeping habits or whatever. So that's one thing I took a look at. Like I, I met with a sports nutritionist and, you know, I was like, I, what can I do better? You know, things like that. And I think that helps some, but then I honestly think the biggest thing that helped me was switching coaches. Mm. I switched coaches March, 2018. And it was just like a total game changer for me. And, um, yeah, I just, I think I'm just training harder. I'm training better. I'm fitter. Um, <laughs> and so that all just lends itself to believing that I will be good as well, you know? Right. And then, you know, surrounding myself. I obviously I haven't seen my squad in a long time. They're all in Australia. But, you know, being in that environment with high performers and being with a coach who knows how to really elevate athletes to the elite level, like, um, it's contagious. And I'm not saying anyone who goes in that environment will, will automatically start winning races, but I certainly benefited from that. Um, so yeah, I'm super grateful that I, you know, made that change because I do believe that's the biggest thing that has really taken me to the next level. Yeah. Your coach is in Australia though, like you just said, right? So do you, do you guys, (laughs) do you do training peaks like all the the regular age groupers? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. We use training peaks. And in a typical year, um, 
so the last two years I've gone to Australia in my winter, it's their summer. So I'll see him there for, I don't know, six to eight weeks, depending how long I'll stay. And then, um, we all go to St. Moritz, Switzerland for four to eight weeks, however long. Um, and he's there. And then, you know, I would have seen him in Kona and he was actually going to come here because of my crash. I wasn't planning on ever going to Australia this winter, this last winter. Um, but he was planning to come here, but then like we were waiting on me getting a new bike and then COVID hit and like, then it was like, okay, I don't think anyone should, um, like travel right now. So yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen him, but yeah, we, we talk almost every day, like whether it's through comments on training peaks or just WhatsApp or, you know, I send him videos of my swimming and he, he shoots right back with like, here's what you need to do. So yeah, I mean it hasn't stopped us from improving and you know, of of course I would love to be training under his direct eyes for a while. Like I I do miss that, but it's not in the cards right now with 2020. So right. 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 It's always just interesting to me because obviously a lot of pros, like they're in these like high performance squads. And so a lot of their day-to-day training, like just isn't relatable to like most of the rest of us, right? Who like, yes. like who do yes. everything solo or like after work. So, but right yes. now you're even working. You're very, you're very like normal right now. You have like a regular job. Yeah. I mean, I still train like two, three times a day, three times a day, <laughs> but it's like, I get up, I train, I come home or whatever and, you know, try to work a couple hours and then I train again and then I'll work a couple hours and then I'll train again and then I'll work a few hours in the evening on a busy day. Um, so yeah, but I still like training is my priority. Um, I'm just, I just picked up extra work because I wanted to stay engaged mentally and feel productive. And I just, I, I just have felt like I'm wasting away this year. Not, I don't know. Like it's just the weirdest thing. So there's like only so much Netflix you can watch basically is what you're saying. (laughs) Or just like, yeah. Instagram just scroll. Like it's just, I just need to feel productive again. Like I, even though I'm working more now and I'm training full time, I, I think it's better for me mentally. Like I'm probably training better now than mm. I was say in June when I was just like, there was nothing to look forward to. Right. right, right. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful that I have that background where I can kind of just hop in a job. Like there's a tax deadline in October, October 15th for corporations and individuals, but I do business tax. So it's like, this firm reached out to me. They needed help. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not doing much. So, yeah, I'm... Sure. I know. You so freaked what, me what, out when you said tax deadline. Right? And I was like, oh, my God, did I miss taxes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I'll be busy working for, like, the next three weeks. And then it'll it'll let off. And I'll be a triathlete again. <laughs> so, yeah, you... you we're an accountant. Let's talk a little bit about how you got into triathlon. You like went uh, to school in Salt Lake in Utah. You were an accountant. You like, we're going to be a very professional person. How did you get started in triathlon? Like why end up, how did you end up here? Uh, Yeah. Well, I've been running my whole life. So I've been addicted to endurance, those endorphins, I guess (laughs) for a long time. Um, but, and then I dabbled in triathlon in college. Like I did my first one, I borrowed a friend's bike and, um, you know, it was really fun. I, I was pretty competitive, you know, in the local scene. So I felt, I felt like I could be pretty good at it. Um, and then, yeah, I got into my career, my job, and this was the job I wanted and I was pumped to have it very prestigious, whatever. <laughs> but 
but then like a few years in of like buying as many shoes and clothes as I wanted off the internet and taking trips to the Caribbean I was like you know what I'm actually like not that satisfied anymore and I need a new challenge um so triathlon just kind of was something inside of me that just I just felt like I could be a good triathlete and this is going to sound so cheesy but I know people can relate to this like I remember watching Chrissy Wellington on NBC Kona whatever and just like I just felt like that could be me someday, you know, and not necessarily Chrissy Wellington, but just that I could be a professional uh, in Kona or whatever. Okay. So I don't know. It was, it was like this seed was planted and um, it just kind of ate at me for a while. Like it, it did, it did take me some time before I finally pulled the trigger on like quitting my job or going part-time and getting a coach because it's crazy, right? Like who quits their well-paying <laughs> prestigious accounting job or whatever to I gotta say I didn't know there were prestigious accounting jobs so you learned something (laughs) in the accounting world it's like in the accounting world if you work for the big four it's like this stamp of approval so I was at Ernst & Young so it's like if you have that on your resume it's like okay great like I can get a job anytime you know (laughs) I have big four experience so um anyway there you go now you know now you know guys (laughs) anyway yeah I just I just wasn't satisfied and I wanted to try a new challenge and I'd I'd gotten really into biking all the mountains around here and I I could beat most of my guy friends to the top so I I knew I was pretty strong on the bike the swim was where I was like okay I'm gonna need help on the swim like I know how to swim but I've never done coached program swimming you know Hmm. so yeah I I asked my boss if I could go part-time on a flexible work arrangement. And then I hired a coach like all at the same time and it just kind of took off from there. So I raced, I only raced age group, like proper age group um, for a year with my coach. And then, you know, I, I, I qualified for my pro card pretty easily. And right. then yeah, so you went part-time when you were still an age mm. grouper, that's like pretty, I mean, not a lot of people do that, right? Like that's pretty dedicated. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's crazy. And I don't think I realized how crazy I was, but literally I went into this triathlon journey 100% with the intention. And like, I was going to race pro and I was going to be a good pro. Like that was my mission. It was never like, oh, I'm going to see how this goes, but it was kind of like, no, I think I'm good enough to be pro. So that's what I'm going to go for. And not to sound like cocky, but I just believed in myself. Like that's what I intended to do all along. Um, It was never like, I'm going to be a, an elite age grouper. Like, no, I wanted to race pro. So. Okay. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the commitment, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of my style, like pretty all or nothing. Um, Yeah. So that was just another example. (laughs) I feel like I've talked to a bunch of like we talked to Haley chair a couple weeks ago and she obviously also quit her accounting job to go pro like when Jorgensen is this like what is the deal with accountants and triathletes is it do they just like make good triathletes Sarah Crowley is also an accountant Uh, okay um and she worked in the big four she worked at Deloitte um anyway yeah I don't know I think accountants get a stereotypical like a type personality as well because you have to be pretty detail oriented right um I don't know. Personality profiling is like whatever, but (laughs) 
I don't know. Or, or maybe it's just that accounting, we just get so bored. We just need to, right. we just can't do it full time anymore. And I don't know. That's probably but what yeah. it is. That's probably, that's, that makes sense, right? It's like, a little boredom. It's a boredom. <laughs> you can only handle so many debits and credits. If you know what those are. <laughs> do not know what those are. Okay. So, um, yeah. When you were like, all right, look, like I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to be awesome. I believe in this. After yeah. you finally, after you, then after you quit your job full time. Yeah. I mean, did you get bored on the other end? You know how like people who go from like being very busy to then like now mm. you're just like, oh, I have to rest all day. They, they start no. to struggle. I think it was kind of gradual for me because I didn't quit. Like I went part time and then I've, I've always done some form of contract side mm. work. Um, and they're, there were some gaps like where I would go a few months without any accounting work and that I would feel unproductive, but that was also when I wasn't getting any good results. So like hmm. I was literally making no money, you know, like no prize money or very, very little prize money. And then if I wasn't bringing in accounting money that ate, like that's where I felt very unproductive and that kind of ate away at me. And my husband was like, yeah, um, you need to find something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, but otherwise, like, yeah, I think it was pretty, it was gradual enough for me where once I got to where I was really performing at, you know, a higher level, it felt very productive to not do anything and just recover. You know okay, what I mean? Cause okay. I, cause, and because I was training so hard, like I literally couldn't handle working as much as I had before right. or whatever. But, but even last year, I mean, I think even last year, like, Two days before we left for Frankfurt, I sent a project off for one of my tax um, side hustles. So it's not like it's not like I've ever it's not like I just kind of like put it all down and I've kept it up. It, it's good for my brain. It's good for my psyche. For yeah, all I just like it's because some people are like, no, no, no. I have to be like only track, right? I don't want like I have to be focused. And some people they really like yeah. want to do a lot of different things at the same yeah. like to keep themselves engaged and not overly yeah. focused, you know? Yeah. And I think, like I said before, I think I'm more focused when I have more going on. Right. And that doesn't mean I'm like running around and on, like when I'm working, I'm either sitting at a desk or laying in my bed with my laptop on my, <laughs> it sounds healthy. I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's not like I'm exhausting myself physically when I'm working mm. and you know, mentally it's not, it's not so difficult that, I mean, if I'm tired, I just won't work. Like, it's simple as that. Triathlon is still my um, focus. And not to say that I don't get things done. Like if I have a deadline, I get it done, right? But like I'm forgiving of myself, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, like for instance, yesterday I, I felt pretty tired and I I had a goal to work however many hours or get whatever done. And I just kind of did a couple hours and I was like, you know what? I just need to chill. Like I'll be better tomorrow if I just chill right now. So you kind of just have to be flexible and know yourself. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I'm not perfect at it, but I've had a lot of practice at juggling. At juggling. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like we did a story on you or you are a profile in a, a couple of magazines ago. And I remember that, yeah, you were doing like all kinds of things during college. You had this whole crazy schedule and it was like very busy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's all I know. Um, <laughs> so like it, it's weird for me not to be busy. And that's why this year I recognize like, okay, I need more on my plate because mm -hmm. that's, I, I mentally feel so much better if I'm feeling productive. So, yeah. Okay. 
Well, Some of us need it. <laughs> what well, I mean, this year, how you said you've been doing Zwift or some virtual racing. Obviously, like now, finally getting like a little bit of in real life racing has been exciting. But like, how have you been kind of keeping it together <laughs> this year? Yes. I that is actually a good question. So yeah, the Zwift racing was a nice little distraction in the middle of this. Was that like May, June? Yeah. Did you take uh, it seriously? We've had differing opinions from people about I mean, about it. I took it seriously as in like I gave my best, right. but I did not beat myself up because I did not do that well. I think like I would be top 10. I, I don't even know what I finished overall, but like a good placement for me would be maybe like ninth or 10th in a race. I don't even know if I did that. Like I don't remember, but I just saw it as an opportunity to push myself um, and to, you know, to send a few texts or messages to pro friends and like, good luck, you know, whatever. Right. So yeah, I took it seriously as a workout and as an opportunity to push, but not, I, you just can't beat yourself up over it because it's just so different. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're not racing an arrow. We're using these computer, like, these smart trainers that who knows if they're even calibrated and, there's just so many variables that I have not even figured out how to calibrate a smart trader. So I keep being like, Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) it's not that hard. I think you could do it, but you know what I mean? Like there's just, um, it is, it is what it is. And I would do it again, like hundred percent. If Zwift did a series in the winter, I'd be all over it, but it also helped that it was, um, a good time for me. Like my training mates in Australia were waking up in the middle of the night, basically to be part of this. So, yeah. All right. So you're doing some of that. Obviously, you started working again, but it does sound like it's been a little bit of like a mental struggle this this year, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say the mental struggle probably really set in like July or August, um, because at first we were all like, we didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, OK, for me, Oceanside got canceled. OK, then St. George got canceled. And I was like, OK, so um okay, so my first couple of races aren't going to happen, but hopefully we still go to Europe. And then, and then it became clear no one was going to Europe. Uh, anyway, so, so then after months of cancellations and months of plans not happening, I just think, yeah, I did kind of get to a place where I just needed something else. And like we talked about the work, right. Fortunately I had the work part, but, but yeah, then even training, I had days where I just thought, Oh, I just can't do this. Like I, I did have to really, not psych myself out, but I just had to force myself to do it. And I guess that's part of, I don't know if that's a strength or a weakness, but I consider it a strength <laughs> that I can force myself to do these things. Um, but yeah, it, it, it brings a lot more meaning to training to have racing. It's, I don't know, it, you need something to just push yourself next level. And even though I totally want to be like top level, you even someone who's as disciplined or whatever driven as as me or anyone else who wants to be good like you it still helps so much to have a reason and and racing mm-hmm. is the reason you know so right otherwise you're just like exercising a lot right exactly exactly <laughs> and i love exercising but i realized that i probably won't rec- exercise 20 hours a week when i am done being a professional triathlete so all right all right so i mean you're not you still have plenty of years left but yeah. What are your goals? I mean, I know you're hoping to do Daytona, right? Like everyone's hoping yeah. to do Daytona. And then we're just kind of like waiting to see what happens next year. 
Yeah. Maybe I'm not, um, I don't get my hopes up anymore this year. <laughs> like, but, just in um, general. Like. <laughs> but if Ironman Florida happens at the beginning of November, which who knows if it will. I think it's uh, going to. But I kind of think it will. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, my hopes are not up. But if it happens, I plan to race that. And then I am fully focused on Daytona um, because I think that will happen as well. Mm-hmm. Um which that will be really exciting. Uh, so those are my two goals for this year. And then next year, we, I mean, we have no idea, right? Like no. how can we, uh, <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I don't want to say that I have no hope for next year, but I think I'm definitely in the camp of um, 2021 is not a given and it's probably going to be a lot of the same. Hopefully there's some, more racing but it's not going to be like the typical year where you know i fly to australia and then i come home and race and then i go to europe and race a few races like i don't think it's going to be that but i will tell you you want to hear what i did (laughs) okay so i mean and who knows if this will pay off but this is me just thinking like i'm smart so i'm canadian i was born in canada and i'm american so i have an american passport so this year i just recently got my canadian passport because my thoughts are, okay, if, if U.S. passports stay on the cannot travel list, right. then maybe my Canadian passport can put me on the can travel list. Isn't it like uh, a little bit more about where you're coming from? Though? Well, yeah, but I can at least get to Canada. Like Canada will, <laughs> Canada can't tell me I can't come in. True, I'm a citizen. True. You know? And then you're going to so fly from I'm, Canada. I mean, I have no plans for this right now, but I'm just <laughs> saying if it came down to that, like – Imagine if Europe gets on with things and there's all these races in Europe. Right. Um, anyway, I'm just. Okay. So you're thinking my, ahead. You're planning. Okay. I'm thinking ahead. But again, I have, my hopes are not up. Um, my hopes are not even up for 2021, but I certainly, if there's racing and it's, we're able to do it. Like my goals for next year are to win races and go to Kona, you know? Mm-hmm. So, cause you have not, because last year you haven't actually been able to do a Kona yet. Right. So you still have to like do yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. But also my other goals I should mention, and this all is contingent on racing happening is like the PTO has their race series. So like, mm-hmm. this is a new thing. We all talk about Kona, but with PTO, like there's the Collins cup. So mm-hmm. being on the Collins cup team, Right now, I think I'm default on the team based on rankings. So that would be a huge goal. And then if there's a Daytona again next year, like that would be a huge goal. So, right. I mean, I, um, Collins Cup. Yeah. I guess right now we don't know if they're going to happen, but like it's scheduled for like May next year, right? Yes. So, yes. In, yeah. So, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe it'll happen as a pro only thing. I have no idea. Like that hasn't even. I don't think that's on people's radar yet. <laughs> right. You're just like, let's just like, what's my favorite? Speculate wildly, right? Let's, let's just speculate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Maybe. I feel like you could do a pro only Collins Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Especially because they have it at that like. Biosphere. Um, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, why not? So, <laughs> okay. We decided it's done. It's happening. It's happening. Pro only. It's happening. Um <laughs> No, so that would be a huge goal. Like, that was actually a race I was really, really looking forward to this year. Um, obviously, we had no idea what it would be like because it was a first-time mm-hmm. event. But 
it just seemed like it was going to be an incredible thing to be part of. And I'm just super grateful that last year was so good for me that I've been able to keep a really strong PTO ranking and mm-hmm. be part of these, you know, high quality events. Yeah. I mean, the rankings, yeah, the rankings is like a little tricky now. Cause like Daytona is going to be based on rankings, but now I'm hearing more and more, there's going to be a bunch of wild cards and people are trying to get yeah. wild card slots and it's like a whole thing. So. Well, it's still based on rankings, like hundred percent top 40 automatically qualified. Um, but you know, obviously the whole top 40 aren't going to make it like that's just not probably in the cards this year. Um, so there, there will probably be some roll downs and then, yeah, there are wild cards. Um, so there will be some wild card slots, but it's not like most people will be wild cards. Okay. Well, people are talking, Scott. They are. I know. But, um, (laughs) As a PTO board member, I can <laughs> confirm it will not be largely wildcard selections. But yeah, there there will be several. I think PTO gets some wildcards and um, yeah, I think the challenge organization gets some as well. So Okay. Yeah, what's it like? I mean, we've talked about the PTO, the Pro Triathlete Organization, a number it comes yeah. up a lot, um, talking to the pros. Yeah. Uh what's it like yeah. being on the board though? Like what does that kind of involve? What does that entail? Yeah, we it's been really cool. I mean, I'm certainly, I feel like I'm one of the less well-known athletes on the board. Right. And it's so, like, it's like all world champions pretty much. <laughs> so coming in, you're kind of like, Oh, do these people like, does my, not that my, what my opinion isn't valued, but you know what I mean? Like it's a lot different when like Alistair Brownlee has something to say than like, <laughs> I was in a pro meeting one time and Yad basically announced, Jan Fredino announced that we were not going to be doing that swim course. He wanted it changed. It was like, all right. Yeah, I was really funny. Yeah. It's been really good. It's been really cool to be on the board. Um, Charles Ademo, he's like the CEO of the PTO. He actually came to Bear Lake. So I got to meet him in real life because I've been on all these calls with him. So it was cool to meet him in real life. And but yeah, no, like I feel very comfortable. I, I'm joking. I feel like my word is definitely valued when I have something to say on the board. Um, but yeah, at first, certainly I was like, oh, this is, you know, you, you kind of have to force yourself to say what you feel. Um, anyway, but it's been cool. It's been cool to kind of hear where it all came from and, mm-hmm. you know, the mission and um, just to see how many people are invested in this and how much, you know, people before I ever knew about PTO, like how hard they've been working to try and bring this to fruition. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it and it's been fun to get to know the other board members um, and just work together. So what do you think are like the big issues in pro like to keep, because there's a lot of talk about like coming out of this pandemic, like is pro triathlon even going to be a thing anymore? Right. Like is everyone going to still? Yeah. So what do you think are the big things that need to happen? Well, obviously the big thing is we need people, we need a fan base who wants to like watch us race. Right. right? And we need to make, make it possible for them to race or to watch us race. And, um, you know, that's what one thing the PTO has been really focused on. That's what the Collins cup was going to be. That's what Daytona is going to be right. Very spectator slash, um, maybe not in real life spectating, but televised Mm -hmm. spectating, will be so I think that's a big thing um because yeah I mean if you can if you can have people who want to tune in then that makes a pro only race more feasible Mm -hmm. Um, you know if 
if it if we're not able to hold these mass mass events going forward for who knows how long i mean we have no idea right so yeah i think that's that's a big thing and then yeah you just you have to stay relevant some way right um and whether that's connecting with the fans or you know inspiring the fans i i, I don't know like that's, but yeah the big thing is just growing the profile of the sport as a whole and a lot of that, you know, fortunately we have some huge profiles in the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Lucy Charles, Daniela Reeve, like these are big profiles that have many, many followers. Um, yes. So yeah, we, we just need to elevate it so that there can be more of those profiles and um, there's just more interest in the sport as a whole. Yeah. So. Do you think, uh, do you think triathlon can be a, you know, a spectator sport on the level of, I don't know, I mean, not like a big one, in the, but like tennis, golf, maybe in the U.S.? Yeah, I think I I think that if we could come up with some kind of series, which, again, like the PTO is kind of going that direction, mm-hmm. right? Where they have the Collins Cup and they have this Daytona. Like if there's some kind of series where the fields are very high quality, because that, that's one thing that triathlon, I guess, is lacking is, there's, there's so many races that you can go to that there's no one there. And mm-hmm. like, okay, so then there's six women on the start and then, but none of them are like right. competitive at the top level. Um, or yeah, like a six woman field or six man field for that matter. You know, that's, that's obviously that can only be so deep. So, um, yeah, I think getting races that are more deep, more competitive, more exciting to watch like that, that can bring it. So maybe, maybe less racing is better for our sport. And right. it wouldn't even have to be less racing, but it's just like, kind of like what the ITU does, right? Like they have a series and they all kind of gather at the same events. But right. obviously, doing an Ironman, you can't do that once a month. So. No, no. But there are like, what is it, 180, 70.3s or something now? It's something, it's like a huge number in the world. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like every weekend in a normal season, it's like every weekend there's multiple 70.3s going on, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's some some work to be done. And, um, yeah. Okay. PTO okay. is certainly trying. We we are trying very hard. And, <laughs> and that's another thing that the PTO we're really trying to get across is like, it's a, it's a we thing. It's not the PTO and the athletes. Like it is our organization. Right. So, um, that's been a discussion point as well, but it's been hard. Like I've made this point. It's been hard to feel the unity that yes. <clears throat> that we really need to feel this year because no one's together. Like if we can all get to Daytona and do something together, that's huge. But again, like even Bear Lake, that was an opportunity for us to all feel like, wow, we're all brought here together because of the PTO, you know? even though we are the PTO, but you know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> the, the, the funds from the PTO um, brought us together. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's an interesting question with pros because on the one hand, like everybody talks behind the scene, right? You're like texting each other, you're word of mouth. On the other yeah. hand, like you need some kind of mass communication organization to like bring in all the people who you don't know and you don't text yeah. and you don't, yeah. It's going to be tricky. Yeah. It's going to be tricky. It is. Um, but I feel like, you know, why not? And why not try? <laughs> I mean, so. 
Um, all right. So what are your goals before you, you know, I mean, you're what, 32 or 33, something like that? Yeah, I'm 32, actually, yeah. in a week. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. And so go. what are your goals left in triathlon? Like, what do you want to achieve? Um, it's hard for me to say like a definitive, oh, this is what mm-hmm. I need to achieve. Mm-hmm. I mean, pre like all the PTO stuff, obviously Kona was the only big race right. and going to Kona and having a fantastic finish there of maybe like top five, top 10, whatever. I don't, I'm not sure what, what would satisfy me. <laughs> But um, something like that was certainly in what I wanted. But I, I don't know. It's interesting. Like I'm not saying I'm I could quit tomorrow, but I I do feel pretty satisfied even now with how far I've come. I'm still very driven, mm-hmm. but like, um, and I and I know I can improve even more. But yeah, I I don't have like a this will make me this is it. Like that's that's when I know I've done enough. I just, it's kind of like, I just want to get the best out of myself. And this all sounds so cliche as well. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like just, it just racing with the best, being competitive with the best, like that's what I want to do. And obviously winning races, like getting to where you can feel like you can win any race you line up to, like that's an incredible feeling and um, something that I strive for, right? Like to be, to be that person. So, okay. All right, so we usually end with a would you rather. Here's my would you, would you okay. rather for you, okay? Okay. Um, all right, so would you rather, because you're like into doing all your different things, right? So would you rather <laughs> be doing all these different things and be really busy and like mentally stimulated, but you don't win races, or you only triathlon, you could only do triathlon, but you win races? I would choose only triathlon and okay. win races. Okay. Yeah, I would. Um, for sure. <laughs> you're like, no, no sure. question end of discussion yeah no it's way it's i've enjoyed being a triathlete much more um being at the front end of races more than so i would trade that for sure (laughs) it's more fun to win is what you're saying (laughs) yeah yeah Or, or at least be in the mix right 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 okay Cool. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Sky. Good luck with everything. I hope some of these races happen this year. So. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me and chatting. Nice to uh, nice to hang out, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Sky for the fun chat and good luck with all of the plans. Don't forget to make your own race plans. We'll include the link to register for Hawaii from home in our show notes and share your training with us using the hashtag Hawaii from home. Good luck and keep training and keep listening.